In this episode, you'll be listening to the top three most downloaded episodes that we've had from the year 2021. You've got a dream to glorify God and make your mark on the world. Maybe you want to grow a business, start a ministry, or become a better servant leader. Whichever level in life you want to hit, I believe that God's calling all of us towards something greater than where we are now. So join me as I document my journey to learn how to grow an online ministry in ways that are effective, biblical, and aren't stuffed with complicated religious or business mumbo-jumbo. My name is Alec Hassan, and welcome to the Digital Ministry Mastermind Podcast. Hey, what is going on, Current Christian family? It is Alec here, and yeah, like I said in the intro, you're going to be hearing the uh, top three downloaded, most downloaded episodes that we've had um, on, on this show from 2021. So basically the way it's going to go is I'll just tell you what the title is of the episode, and then we're just going to go right in, and you'll just be able to hear the episode for yourself. That way you don't got to go back and uh, kind of like re-click on things and listen to it yourself. So the first one that you're going to be listening to is Stop the Must-Know Lessons I Wish I Knew When Starting My Ministry. Hey, what is going on, current Christian family? It is Alec here. Um, although you can't see exactly what I'm doing right now, I just want to point out that this is the first time I've actually recorded an episode late at night. It's it's late at night, but I got hit with some inspiration while making myself some dinner. And I was like, oh, I got to record this. Got to grab my phone and record this for you. Because I was thinking about my own journey of how I started up uh, the current Christian brand and, and even the uh, digital ministry mastermind podcast. And I was like, man, if I could go in the past and tell myself how I could kind of correct or avoid these few mistakes. I was like, oh man, I would definitely do that. <laughs> I was like, man, what would, what would be like the number one thing I would try to tell myself? And then I was like, oh wait, before I even, I'm like listing these things out. And I was like, oh, I should actually list it out and record it so I can give it to you guys uh, so that you can avoid these mistakes that I made. And then hopefully, you know, save a lot of time and energy and resources for yourself so you don't got to be uh, having those moments where it feels like you're kind of running into a brick wall constantly. So one of the, the first thing that I would tell myself, you know, if I was to start up a new ministry or if I was able to go into the past and tell myself uh, some of these things earlier on, the first thing would be if you build it, you know, they people aren't just going to come flocking to it. You know, it's that idea. I don't know what, like, I've never seen this movie before, but it's that line from that movie where they're like, if you build it, they will come. And you may have heard this before, but I just wanted to reiterate it that, you know, when we get hit with this passion, this inspiration, you know, maybe from like the Holy Spirit or just we uh, like saw something and we're like, oh, or like we're doing something and we're like, ooh, and we just want to, <laughs> we just want to keep pursuing that thing. I just want to let you know that most of the time, the idea that like, well, if I just do it, it'll just be successful. Like that rarely happens at all. Like, I mean, you, you could even look at any of uh, any of the stories in the Bible. Like you got King David. He was told like, hey, you will be, you know, the new king of Israel. And then meanwhile, he's like running through the desert and he's being like um, chased and trying, and the person who's trying to kill him and the person who's chasing him is the current king of Israel and it's like, yo, king. Also, yo, stepdad, uh, or not stepdad, father-in-law, because he's like, his wife, King David's wife, was also, her dad was the king of Israel. It's like, I don't know, it's just crazy family drama there. But he was told early on, David was like, hey, you know, you're going to be made king. 
And then what happened after that? He slayed Goliath. Uh, he had some good stuff happening. He was playing the harp. He had a, a spear thrown at him. And then he was wandering through the desert. It's like all this stuff. And it was one of those things where it was like easily one of those things where it was like he, you know, it didn't, it didn't just come easily to him. So I want to let you know before going into what you're going to pursue or while you're pursuing the thing that you're doing, you got to have this in your mind ahead of time that it's not just going to be all uh, rainbows and sunshine. But it also means that if there's difficulties, it doesn't necessarily mean that things are going wrong or it doesn't necessarily mean that you should stop pursuing it. You know, it's part of the journey. So that's the first thing. If you build it, you just got to know ahead of time. It doesn't necessarily guarantee that they will come. Second thing, although it's so, so tempting to try to start something just because you're purely passionate about it, I, I want to encourage you to, to pump the brakes a bit on it. Like there's totally nothing wrong with uh, like embracing your natural God-giving gifts and talents and abilities. But when it comes to pursuing a career or starting a ministry... It should, it should not be based solely on the fact that this is just something that you like to do. Um, Jesus' ministry, he was very, very intentional with how he was helping people. And you got to keep in mind that that's what, that, that is the reason why we do what we do. That's the reason why businesses, businesses exist. That's the reason why entrepreneurs are out there. That's the reason why you have your ministry. It's to help people. And the way that Jesus was very intentional with how he helped people was that he went out and found people who needed help and would help them, or people who needed help from him would come to him. Now, how does this relate to the whole ministry thing? Just because you're passionate about something doesn't necessarily mean that people need help with that something, or it may not necessarily mean that there's a lot of people who need help with that something, or it may not necessarily mean that there's people who want help with that thing but are willing to, to pay money for it. Because at some point, you know, you got to start pulling in revenue. So although you are passionate about something, please keep in mind that you got to ask yourself, is this something that people want? Is this something that people are asking for? And then on top of that, is this something that people are willing to pay for? Because if they're not, like let's say it's something like, yes, oh, there's a lot of people who need help with this thing, but if they're not willing to pay for it, then, you know, you got to pivot a little bit here or there. And on that note, another thing that you got to look out for, you should not make and then market. So what do I mean by that? Don't go out just making a thing. Like it builds very much on like the thing I had just said previously, but don't don't go out and put all this time and effort and passion into making a thing and then trying to market it to see if people will buy it. That is like one of the best ways you can guarantee a lot of frustration. So if you really want to be frustrated, then by all means, please do that. You are more than welcome to do that. I encountered that a lot with, with even my own book, Planting, Planting Your Purpose. And I got to tell you, like looking back on it, oh my gosh, did I get lucky. Like honestly, like, like lucky, blessed, however you want to phrase it. It was something that moving forward, I am not going to do again. Because what ends up happening is you make this thing. And like I said before, 
do people want this? It's like you don't want to you don't want to try solving that after you put a lot of time, money, and resources, and time, and effort. And I emphasize the time twice because you can't get that back. Um, <laughs> you don't want to put all that stuff into this thing that you don't even know people are going to get. I actually had heard this really cool thing um, that a lot of people in different businesses have tried out. And in fact, the first time I had heard this was from Tim Ferriss. He wrote the Four Hour Work Beat the <laughs> The four hour work week. And he also wrote the four hour body and I think the four hour chef as well. Um, but anyway, he had written these books and in the four hour work week, he had mentioned that the way that he actually came up with the title was that he was running a whole bunch of ads for a book that he was writing, which eventually became the four hour work week. But in each of the different ads, it had a different title. The book was named something different, drastically different, every single ad, and it was being sent out to all people of a similar niche. And what he saw was like, you know, people would come to the website, they'd pre-order the book, and before any payment went through, uh, they'd get a notification and be like, hey, uh, I see that you're interested in getting this book. Um, unfortunately, you know, our systems are a little bit backed up right now, but we'll let you know when more updates come out. And what he saw was that like, wow, the ad that was calling the book the four hour work week got way more clicks and way more conversions, like a lot more people signing up for that title than the work week monk or something like that. You know, like he had all these different titles that he was testing out and he basically was like, I'm going to, the way that I'm going to choose the title is by me not choosing the title. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to let my customers, I'm going to let the market decide the title. And that was a fantastic decision. Like the four hour work week, it's like a fantastic sounding title. It's a great book. It's, it sparks curiosity. It's like, would it work only four hours a week? And anyway, I don't want to get too <laughs> sidetracked on that. But what I wanted to point out is that before he had made the title and before he had even written the book, he was getting people's feedback of like, is this the thing that you want? So you got to do that yourself, for your own ministry. The fourth and final tip, I think it's the fourth one, if I did my math correctly. Fourth and final tip is to have a product. So I know that these other things that I was talking about prior, um, you know, it's talking about doing all this research and things like that. And like, yes, do that stuff. But it's like eventually you do have to come to a point where you, where you are creating a thing that has so much value that you are comfortable with charging money for that. Because I know there's lots of free information out there. I mean, I started the current Christian ministry off by just putting out free videos. I was like, yep, I'm gonna just put out the free videos because I thought like if I make it, they will come and I'm gonna just make what I'm passionate about because it's gonna do well and it's gonna be fantastic and people are just gonna be uh, funding the ministry just out of the kindness of their hearts because they see I'm putting in such hard effort and things are just gonna be fantastic. and. <laughs> Again, like for some people, like it feels like it happened, like that journey happens for a lot of people because what happens to us is we are being shown these selective stories of people where that has happened. I'm sure you've seen people on YouTube or on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all these things where they're simply giving out free content and people are just giving them money. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I want to point out that it's 
a lot more rare than you would think. It just feels like it happens all the time because when we go on these different social media platforms, that's what we're seeing all the time, or at least a majority of the time. And just because, you know, let's say there's even a thousand people out there, you know, a thousand people on this platform or whatever that you're seeing that are just getting paid for making free content. Like, keep in mind, there's billions of people. And if you were to do the math on that, of a thousand divided by a billion, like, it's a very, very small number. Like, you might have some better chances of, of doing a lottery. And I know that the, you know, Bible certainly does not promote doing things like gambling and things like that. And, you know, bear with me for a second, but doing something like that, you're essentially gambling your ministry by just trying to give out free stuff and then hope in the hopes that these free things will just lead to a self-sustaining, constant revenue pulling in type of type of system. It's like, it, it, it's very rare if it happens at all. So you do at some point have to make a product, something that you can then charge people for. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, we all got to eat. Like if you know of a, of a business strategy, of a ministry system, oh, I'm sorry about that. I told you I was making dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, if you like, hey, if you know of a, of a strategy where you don't have to charge people money and you don't even have to pay bills or nothing, then <laughs> please, please make a podcast about that because I will be the first person to sign up and listen. But as far as I know, you know, people have to make money somehow. You know, Bible talks about that as well. You know, don't muzzle the ox while it's helping to you know cultivate the crops and things like that. Um, and being that we are uh, making a career that's centered around Jesus and it's like founded in a thing such as like, you know, it's got this religious veil over it it feels like there's a stigma of like getting like of getting compensated for that and i gotta tell you it's totally fine to get paid you know obviously don't rip people off uh if you're doing that then stop what you're doing <laughs> but if you're creating something that is really giving people value then it's like you gotta charge for it because guess what at some point you know you gotta pay the bills and <laughs> That is something that I know for me early on when I was doing the YouTube videos and I was making all the constant Instagram posts. It's like, I was like, I'm doing all this work, but it, like people aren't funding it out of the kindnesses of their heart. And you know, the only people who did were family member, you know, single, not plural, family member that was helping. And it's like, like I, you know, by all means, I was so, so thankful. It was extremely encouraging at the time $20 a month ain't gonna, <laughs> ain't gonna cut it. You know, people are, are struggling getting paid $20 an hour, let alone getting paid $20 a month, especially for all the work that we end up putting in to everything that we do. You know, we meaning myself and you, the listener included, I know you got a heart to really put your full self into the thing that you feel like God's calling you towards. And you know what, at some point it's like, you got to be compensated for that. So Keep that in mind. Like, what is a thing that you're going to be offering product-wise? You could do stuff of, like, affiliate marketing where you're promoting other people's products. That's certainly an avenue to go down. Um, you do sponsor sponsorships, uh, brand deals, things like that. 
uh, merch, merchandise, but for the most part, creating one's own product, uh, it, it will really help to further establish your own brand as being something a bit like, well, not even a bit, a way more, <laughs> way more credible, way more professional because it's showing that like, hey, you know, I'm not just a person who's doing this on the side for fun. I'm taking this seriously. And because I value your time, I value your effort for wanting to uh, X, Y, and Z with whatever the, re you know, maybe they're watching you for entertainment purposes, for personal development purposes, but because you value them, you also value the things that you want to provide for them. And I had heard this saying before, I forgot exactly how it, how the saying goes, but most of the time people will equate the value of the things that you give them based on the value that, or based on like what they spent on it. So maybe that's spending time. Um, maybe that's spending money, but you know, if someone's not spending the time, they're not spending money, basically equates what you're doing to zero. So unfortunately, even though you're putting a lot of effort into it, people who are maybe receiving it aren't seeing the value in it. So equating a dollar amount to it could be the thing that helps to like have people take that stuff a little bit more seriously. And of course, I know you're listening to this. This is free. Uh, but it is something that does take up your time. And I I recognize that. And it's a reason why I don't try to have my episodes go too long because I want to respect your time. I just want to give you the things that you need so then you can use it and then bam, get out and implement it and see quicker results in your own ministry, personal life, and your own walk with Jesus as well. Now, I hope you liked that first, uh, you know, recording from that first episode. Now we'll be going into the second one, which is titled, Are Personal Development Books Bad for Christians? The Surprising Truth. Hey, what is going on, current Christian family? It is Alec here, and this is a little bit of an impromptu episode because my wife and I just had a very interesting, uh, very in-depth conversation in the car uh, just a moment ago, literally, like I, I just got into the apartment and I was like, babe, I'm going to go record an episode real quick. She's like, okay, she's making her smoothie right now after that gym workout. And, uh, so she, she was like, you, you know, you read a decent amount of like these different, like mindset books, personal development books. And like, as a Christian, like, do you, like, how do you feel, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like it's been helping you or uh, like, yeah, just like, what are your thoughts on it? And that reminded me of that question that people ask a lot, like as a Christian, is it okay to read personal development books? And sure, there are personal development books that are out there written by Christian authors. And I definitely recommend, you know, as a Christian, certainly dive into those books because it'll have a little bit more of a foundation that's like rooted in the Bible and in Jesus's teachings. But it doesn't necessarily mean that other books that aren't foundationally Christian aren't going to be good for you. Like in the Bible, like the, the book of Proverbs, book of Ecclesiastes, you know, these are probably two of the oldest personal development personal development books that there are out there so just in that realm in that aspect of things like personal development in general like it is in the bible in the in what, seen in the book of proverbs and then also in all of the new testament letters as well these are like little bite-sized bits of like kind of personal development stuff going on there so in that aspect personal development books and literature in general no but then in the deeper question of like, well, what if it's a book not written by a, by a Christian? And this one is like, a li like the answer isn't as cut and dry because 
as as it says in the Bible, like you as a Christian, like uh, Paul was writing to um, a bunch of churches and forgive me for, I don't know exactly which church he was writing to, but Paul was writing to a bunch of Christians and a specific church who deep down in their hearts, they, they knew they were saved by Christ. And they knew that if they were eat, if they were to eat foods that were sacrificed in the name of another God, they're like, I don't really care. These other gods don't exist. It's just food. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> but then there were these other Christians who were like, no, that's really bad. Like that animal, that food that you're eating was devoted to another God. Don't even go near that food. So there was a little bit of conflict there in that church. And basically what Paul said was like, hey, like if you're around other people who are feeling very convicted that you shouldn't eat those meats, then don't eat those meats around them. But, you know, if you're in the comfort of your own home and it really like it, the way he saw it as well is like, it's not, it shouldn't necessarily hurt your faith if you don't allow it to. And if you're around people where it will shake up their faith, then don't do it around them and don't do it. But if you're in the comfort of your own home and you're firm in your faith and you know that that's not going to disrupt you, then by all means, like you can eat that meat. So this comes like, so, you know, this answer, like, as you can see where it's going to be alluded to, it's, it takes a little bit of a discernment on your own part. Like I've read books, personal development books that did have things in it that were conflicting with, at least some of the teachings were conflicting with some of the teachings that Jesus said. And I'm able to discern that. I was able to read that and be like, mm, that's not right. You know, ignore, cut that out. Because um, in light of the Bible, I was like, that's not true. And I, oh, I wish I had an example of something for that. Oh, like here's one, for example, where it's like, your destiny is determined by you and your decisions. And it's like, in some aspects, yes. Other aspects, no. And the no comes from Jonah and the fish, you know? The, the, Jonah made every decision. He wanted to determine his own destiny so badly. And, you know, God worked it all out to work in a way that, that God intended. So in a sense, no. Like, you know, Jonah wasn't able to decide that. But then there's other instances in the Bible as well where you got David who, like, decided to sleep with another man's wife, commit murder, and as a result, you know, like, I don't think God intended for David to do that, but a God, but God allowed that to work out in his plan. So it was like that right there is an example of something that I had read in a personal development book, but through my own, well, yeah, through the wisdom of the Bible that I had known, I was like, okay, that's not necessarily true. And for some of some Christians, you know, they may not have that capability. So <laughs> what I'm trying to get at there is if you feel bad for eating that meat, do not eat that meat. <laughs> but a thing that's really, really cool is what most good personal development, what most good mindset books will do is just help you see a more accurate picture of reality. And what I mean by that is, for example, I had read this book called The Obstacle is the Way. It is a fantastic book. I really enjoyed it because in our society, especially here in America, you got this whole lovey-dovey thing where like at the end of the romantic comedy movie, it's like, oh yeah, despite these people having so despite this man and woman having so many conflicts in the relationship and there's all these funny moments, there's all these tense moments and there's all that heartbreak. At the end, they came together happily ever after. And it's like, hold up. Nah, the movie just ended on a good, mo on a good note. 
But if you were to watch those people's lives moving forward, like based on everything we saw, there's just going to be more of that moving forward. But the movie doesn't show that because the movie has to end. But in reality, those people's lives wouldn't end. So we, we have this, these, ex, these false expectations in our mind that are given to us by a lot of stuff in the media about like, oh, you overcome a challenge happily ever after. And it's like, I'm sorry, but no, that's not, that's not how it goes. At the end of that challenge, there's, there's always going to be something more challenging happening. I'm not trying to be like pessimistic here. It's just reality. And in that book, The Obstacle is the Way, it shows that like if you are trying to go down a certain path and there's an obstacle on that path, that doesn't inherently mean you're on the wrong path. The obstacle is now part of that path and getting around it, getting through it, over it, whatever, that is now part of your journey. Hence the name of the book, The Obstacle is the Way. The Obstacle Becomes the Way. Um, and that book did one of those things that I was just talking about as in, in terms of how it helps you have a better, better expectations, more realistic expectations. And that is like the foundation of like every, like you can, I, like prove me wrong, you can't do it. Every story in the Bible is all about setting proper expectations of what's real in our in the universe that God has placed us in. You know, every single story, it's all about revealing and setting realistic expectations of what God's character is, how things work in the world. Like, of course, there's miracles and things like that. <laughs> Not every day that an axe is just floating in water, but it's all meant to reveal what God's character is. And again, good personal development, good mindset books are going to do that. They're going to help you see and have a more realistic understanding of what reality is. So if you're reading a book and it's going to tell you like, if you just think really, really hard about it, it'll happen. It's like, I'm sorry, no, that's not necessarily how that works. I can't look at a weed and think really hard that it's going to go away and it goes away. It's like, that's not realistic. And then the Bible does that too. It's like all these different stories are addressing stories from other people's cultures. Like I'm sure you've heard about how all the different plagues that God had sent with Moses in Egypt, all those plagues were acknowledging and uh, basically picking fun of these different gods that the Egyptians at the time put their faith in. And even in the, in the book of Genesis, like the whole Genesis story is a narrative that's basically challenging. I believe it was the Babylonians view of how the world started and what God's character was like, like every, like every single story, like that's what it, what it's doing. It's challenging people's expectations and presenting them more realistic expectations. So if you're able to read a mindset book, personal development book that gives you those better expectations, those more realistic expectations, then honestly, there's really nothing wrong with that. However, going back to the whole thing of Paul saying the stuff of, you know, if the meat causes you to sin by eating it, don't eat it, then, you know, you got to take that into account as well. Because like, for example, if someone were to ask me, uh, Alec, is it bad? Is it wrong to drink a beer? It's like, that's a loaded question. Who's asking me? <laughs> is it a 12 year old? I'm going to say, no, boy, don't, <laughs> don't drink a beer. Or is it a recovering alcoholic? I'd be like, no. Don't, I don't care if it's a sip, don't do that. It's very much dependent on the individual. And, uh, and I find that like the, the more rooted you are in your faith, the more 
you're able to discern what things in these different books are truth and what's not true. And this is not, and I'm not saying that to come at anyone's character saying like, oh, you're an immature Christian because you can't read these other books. By all means, I am not saying that at all. Like, trust me, what, like what I'm really more alluding to is like, I had heard this story about these people in the, I was going to say in the national treasure. I don't know if that in the national treasury, I think that is, uh, but basically the, the branch of the government that monitors um, finances and stuff of, of like printing hundred dollar bills, things like that. And there are these agents who were given the task of being able to discern which hundred dollar bills are fake hundred dollar bills. You know, they have to come up with these these strategies for being able to discern, like, is this a real $100 bill or a fake one? And what they do to train these agents is they're not giving them fake bills and pointing out how the how these fake ones look different than the real ones. What they do is they give them, like, crisp, clean, like, authentic $100 bills. They're like, study this forward and backwards, inside and out. Like, you have to be able to, like, imagine like picture what this looks like with your eyes closed like they study the real thing so hard that when they're presented a fake it's just instinct they're like this is fake this is not this is not the real thing and they don't get to that level of discernment by continually trying to study these other things that that aren't the real thing no the way that they get there is by continually studying the real thing so if you're on the fence about like reading these other like books that may not be inherently Christian and stuff like that. Like you cannot go wrong by going deep and diving deep into just reading the Bible as it is. And if you really, really, really want just like that personal development feel type of stuff, you could dive right into Proverbs, dive right into Ecclesiastes, and then just dig deep into all of the letters in the New Testament. Like that is a fantastic place to start right there. So yeah, anyway, this is a little bit of an impromptu episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. I also f- hope you feel a little bit encouraged if you felt embarrassed about, like, reading different personal development books. It's like, it's totally fine. Like, be well-cultured. You know, Jesus was totally aware of Roman rule and things like that, as well as Paul. Paul knew the Roman government law and belief systems inside and out, and that actually helped benefit him to spread the gospel even more. So if don't feel guilty for reading personal development stuff, but you know, don't be spending your time studying fake dollar bills when you got the real thing right in front of you. All right, guys, now we are at our third and final uh, episode in this episode. (laughs) And this one is called Make Your Content Go Viral with These Two Biblical Strategies. Hey, what is going on, current... Oh, I just kicked something. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, current Christian family? It is Alec here, and I'm very pleased to be with you here in this episode because I've gotten some questions, people being like, hey, um, like, do you have any general tips when it comes to content creation? And I love that, A, you're asking uh, you know, for assistance and stuff. I love to help however I can. And uh, two, you're looking to contribute some more stuff online. So as the intro of this episode said, what does the Bible, you know, being one of the most popular books in the world, and Frank's Diary being one of the most, like, translated books in the world, and then also just, like, the world-famous letters in the Tao of Seneca, like, what do these things all have in common? Well, they all share two strategies that helped make them very successful. And before I share what those two things are, 
I just want to, you know, bring us to the modern day where we have the internet. You know, all these things that I was talking about, those all had to be written on paper, but we got the internet now, uh, the digital age, and people are just burning out from overworking just because they're trying to create so much content to just be continually uploading on the internet. And you know, it feels like we have to constantly be trying to contribute. Sorry for the sirens, but it's, you know, it feels like we have to constantly be trying to contribute to this pool of like social media content creation because you know, if you don't, then you might be left behind. You know, you're not gonna be seen or recognized online. And in fact, around 500 hours, 500 hours of video is being uploaded every minute, 60 seconds. I don't even know how you can go from having like 500 times 60 minutes happening in 60 seconds. It just is blowing my mind. It, it, has, it makes no sense. So like, obviously, you know, just with that one statistic alone, you know, it's, it's easy to imagine that how hard it is for businesses and, and ministries, even churches to be successful when there's just so much being produced every second of every day, you know, how can we possibly create content that can both increase the perceived value of our brand while also not getting stuck on like, okay, what should we be producing in the first place? Well, the answer to that is the same answer to what had all those three books of the Bible and Frank's diary and the Tao of Seneca become so popular. And to put it simply in the words of of Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm sure you've heard of him. If not, do a little, you don't even need to do a Google search, just go on any social media platform, he'll probably pop up. But Gary V says is like this, document, don't create. Document, don't create. So when it comes to putting out content online, there's like a very specific time and place to create. But most often what we should be doing is just simply documenting the journey. Because you see like when we document, we're just recording what is already going on around us. You know, we're bringing our audience like into our shoes so they can see how we see. And then, you know, they can understand the heart that is going into the work that we do. And the Bible, fantastic example of that, you know, it's full of stories that came from people just documenting their experiences and their encounters with God. And Anne Frank, she just documents her life in hiding from, let me see, from 1942 to 1944, uh, you know, during the time that the Germans were invading like the Netherlands in World War II and all that, it's, it's sad stuff. And even for like the Tao of Seneca, if you, if you guys haven't heard of this, it's basically uh, letters written by this guy Seneca. And, and he was just literally, he didn't think like, oh, it's going to be made into like a famous book that's going to be out thousands of years after I'm dead. But he was just writing letters to... Uh, to his friend, like literally that's all it is. It kind of reminds me of like Paul writing his letters. Like he didn't think those letters would be part of the, of holy text. Like he was just giving out advice to buddies in different churches that were starting up. And you might've questioned like why you should document your journey. But I want to ask you, why not? You know, if you're thinking like, oh, why should I be doing this? Like, but like legit, like why shouldn't you? You know, imagine all of the famous literary works that don't exist merely because people didn't think to write down what was happening. You know, imagine all those great ideas that you had, but soon forgot because you hadn't written them down. 
I know that that happened to me probably last night. If I remembered, then shoot, I don't know. Then I probably would have written it down, but I didn't. So I probably forgot. Now, <laughs> now imagine like, you know, even or like, oh, when you're in the shower and stuff, you know, I'm in the shower, come up with fantastic ideas. And, uh, you know, if someone invented waterproof paper, I might just use that in the shower. But if you got Google or Alexa and you just tell them, take a note for you, bam, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> but I want you to imagine now that like all the content that you can create and then all the impact that you can have if you just simply documented your journey. You know, you've probably had a lot of deep, meaningful conversations with friends or family over coffee. What if, what if that was recorded? That'd be, a fan, that'd be probably a great podcast episode. And this actually leads me to my next point. You got to publish consistently. You know, we're out, we're out here, we're living our life every day. It's, we're living each day consistently. So you got to publish consistently. But also, to make things easier for you, publish consistently on one platform. You know, I've been told that it's best to publish daily for a year. Like if you want to better hone in your message, you got to publish something around that message at least once a day for an entire year. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's for a good reason. Because as you continue to create and document, you know, you're going to progressively find your footing, basically, and discover your, your true voice. Because who I, if you go to like my very first video on YouTube, so if you look up the current Christian on YouTube, watch my very, very first video, and then watch more of the recent videos. It's totally drastically different, not only with like production quality, but just like in the genuineness of being in front of the camera. And that's what happens. You know, each post that you make, it's like you're, it's like practice getting to express just like the truer version of yourself to your audience. And <laughs> I've heard it put like this, how it's like going on a first date. You know, the first time you go on a date, you know, you want to act, quote unquote, you know, you're acting your best. You know, you're being cautious about every single little thing that you do and you're calculating every single little thing that you're going to say so that it'll make like the best impression. Yet the ironic thing is that if you were really just being yourself, you'd probably make a way better impression than if you than by you just trying to be someone else. You know, that's what like the big bam spoiler, one of the big uh, topics in the Planting Your Purpose book. It's like you just got to be who God made you to be. And, you know, the same is true for posting on social media. You know, the more real you can be, the more receptive your audience will also become. And, you know, the more that they're going to grow to respect and like you. So if you study the Bible, if you've read Anne Frank's diary or any of Seneca's letters, they are all being open and real with the reader. And their hearts, their minds become a literal open book that you are reading and that you're connecting with because of it. So if you're looking to become more successful online, create some better viral content, then you need to implement those two strategies. The first one being simply just document your life, just how like the Bible, it's just people documenting their encounters with God. And then second, you got to publish daily. You got to do it to just kind of practice Practice sharing your message, and you'll also find just firmer footing on how you're going to be pre presenting yourself and positioning yourself in front of other people so that you can be more impactful down the road. So, hey, 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you found anything in here that was any like type of bit insightful, anything like that, then please, I ask you to subscribe. And if you think anyone would benefit from this episode or any episodes prior, I invite you to share this with them. And hey, God's calling all of us towards something greater than where we are now. I thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Are you a Christian leader looking to develop the skills needed to maximize the fruitfulness in your daily walk with Christ? Do you want to overcome the burden of not living life to the fullest and fully step into your God-given calling? If you do, then you should get a copy of my book, Planting Your Purpose, a 20-day guide to discover God's calling. It's not just another devotional book. Planting Your Purpose is your 20-day guide that will provide you with the strategies, tools, and insights to turn things around immediately. You will learn how to avoid the top five mistakes Christians make when pursuing their calling in life. You'll develop more joy in your walk with Jesus and unlock the secrets to mastering integrity. And by the end of 20 days, not only will you know your calling, but you'll have an even greater sense of fulfillment and confidence in your life. Everywhere, Christians are raving about this amazing new guide to discover their God-given calling. Get your copy by clicking the link in the show notes or by going to plantingyourpurpose.com. That's plantingyourpurpose.com.